Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr., Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, the podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and with Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 189th episode, Spiritual Warfare for Husbands and Your Number One Bell Against Satan, Part 2, plus live calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So get in that queue at 313 Radical. Or you can call at callinstudio.com, radical slash radical one from your browser. If you're getting throughout this show, if you're getting value, please share it so that others can help their marriages and give it a big thumbs up. So let's get to it. Bam. And this is one of my favorite, favorite quotes that is a very realistic quote that most people don't think about, or if they do, they kind of push it to the side. So let's do this. Quote, no one wants to believe in evil, really, above all, not in an evil being, an evil spirit. Everyone wants to abolish the idea To admit the existence of evil means a responsibility, and no one wants that responsibility. That is the opening through which the evil spirit crawls, stilling all suspicions, making everything seem normal and natural. This is the thought, the unwariness of the ordinary human being, which amounts to a disinclination to believe in evil. And if you do not believe in evil, how can you believe in or even know what good is? End quote. Father Malachi Martin. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, let's get going. And so what is the number one battle weapon defending your home, marriage, and family against evil? And of course, that is the rosary. The rosary, what is it and where did it come from? As a review from yesterday, the rosary is a meditative prayer that focuses on the life of Christ and the sorrows of his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. There are nine levels of prayer that are grouped into three ways, and the rosary is a meditative prayer, so it is the second 
it start is one of the it's the second level of prayer out of nine. The first pl- prayer, uh, the first type of prayer is vocal prayer, and then mental prayer, which is the gateway to the other um, seven layers, seven levels of prayer. Um, next, the rosary was given to Saint Dominic. Our Lady revealed the fifteen promises to Saint Dominic, the saint to whom the rosary was given in the twelfth century, and later to the blessed to the blessed Alan de la Roche who reignited devotion to the rosary in the 15th century. The Holy Rosary is an enormous source of grace and spiritual protection and one of the most powerful sacramentals of the Catholic Church. Is the rosary of grounded in Scripture? Of course the rosary is grounded in Scripture, because if it wasn't grounded in Scripture, the church, Christ's church, would not have us do it. <laughs> okay? So um, yesterday I went through all the Scriptures that the, uh, the Hail Mary is in that gives us that helps us to understand why we're praying it. And one of them is Luke 1, 47 through 48. Okay. Do Catholics worship Mary? Of course we don't because there's only one God. There's only one son and there's only one Holy Spirit. Mary is the mother of God. She is reverenced. She is, um, she is honored. And we, as the mother, uh, as her children, honor her. And she will always lead us to her son. So uh, if we're going to go on break real quick. And so if you want to get more into death, that was a review of part one. We come back, we're going to start part two. Um, But if you want a review of uh, all that stuff, I just went over in in a quick, 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 quick way. You can go back to episode 188, which from was from yesterday's show. So hang with me. We'll be right back. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right. Hey, 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 hey. We are back. We are back. And so let's get rocking with the six masculine benefits of rosary. I call them masculine benefits uh, because most men don't look at prayer as masculine, but something that is not useful or beneficial. But if we are to become a true and authentic man, we must understand how prayer, especially mental prayer, which is what the second level of prayer um, uh, forms us into authentic men as Christ was. Remember, Christ is about suffering, suffering, suffering. 
You cannot know God if you don't understand his suffering. Okay. Feeling good, hooping, hollering around, emotional, all that stuff. That's reserved for Easter and uh, Advent. Okay. I'll give you that. And that's on Christmas. Okay. <laughs> all right. The other 300 and what? 20 days of the year. The other 54 Sundays there are, we focus on the suffering and sacrifice that Christ gave. Why? Because we will not as men or as ladies understand, truly understand Christ. If we cop, if we always think about mercy, 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 and all the stuff he's done for us and all of this, give me this, give me that, and all the hooper and hollering. That is for Easter, the celebration of our Lord risen from the dead, off on the cross, risen into heaven. The rest of the year, that's why the church has calendar, has a calendar year, uh, has different, um, have different, not events, but different times of year. Okay. I forgot what they're called. Of course, you know, you always go blank when you really need something to recall it. <laughs> uh, the liturgical year. And so the rest of the year, we focus on the suffering of Christ. That's why when you go to a Catholic church, you don't see people running their mouth. You don't see people r running around and, and talking and being all loud, especially go to the Latin mass. Because why? When you walk in the church, it's reverence. And, you're, and we all are supposed to be understanding that Christ is there in the church and he is he has died for us. And we should be focusing immediately when we walk in that church, we should be focusing immediately on him and his suffering and what he did and what he is going to do. Okay. Um, so without prayer, we cannot be saved. And that comes from the doctor of the church, St. Thomas Aquinas. If you do not pray, you will not be saved. If you do not pray, you will not be saved. If you do not pray, you will not be saved. It's very, very important that we understand that as men, you cannot make it to heaven. Remember, there are two there are two futures you should be preparing for, especially once you get past 40, 35, I mean. Okay, kid time is over. Once you get past 30, 35 and over, kid time is over. It's time to start thinking about your future and your life. When I'm 80 years old, am I going to be in a nursing home by myself without no wife and kids around, about no, nobody but just me in there, no visitors, nobody loved me? Or am I going to be prepared with my grandkids around me, my kids around me, my wife around me? We have to start preparing our life. Once you reach 35, you have no excuses to be playing like some little kid. Okay? It's time to take this serious. Next thing, the next future you're supposed to be uh, uh, preparing for and what I'm talking about mainly today is your eternal life. People have this misconception that your soul, when you die, it just goes off into oblivion. Does that even make logical sense when you sit here and think about it? Just please think about that for five seconds. You go through all this pain in your life. You go through the womb of your mother. You come out. You got to get your diapers changed. You're crying. You go through life being disciplined and spanked by your parents and you being disciplined by your parents. And then you go through this life and your all this pain of losing your mother and your father and all this pain of going to job and going to work every day, work by the sweat of your brow. Uh, all these pains that you go through in your life and then you die and then, well, that was it. Of course not. It makes no sense whatsoever if you just think about it for 15 seconds. It doesn't. 
the reason we go through all this pain, I don't care how much money you have, you go through extreme pain throughout your life. Why do we go through pain? Number one, because that is God's way of showing him that you need him. It's time to prepare your life. It's time to get your stuff together. The second reason is you don't learn nothing unless you got pain. God's not going to make you come to him, but what he's going to do, he's going to allow pain in your life. So hopefully you get some common sense. Then you go, huh, maybe I should go to God. Maybe he's the one that can help me. Maybe I should get devoted to him, right? All right. So this is what is important. If you don't pray, you will not go to heaven. You have two futures to prepare for. Start preparing for them. Okay, I'm not like other podcasts to sit here and tell you what you want to hear every day, because how is that helping you? How is that helping your kids love you and respect you? How is that having your wife want to be uh, be around you and be near you and make love to you and go to mass with you? How does that prepare you for the end of your life? That's what they think they say about Catholics. Our, one of our jobs is to have a, if you are Catholic, one of the things through you that, that you learn throughout your, your life is that you're trying, the Catholic Church has, helps you have a good death. And what is a good death? A good death is the sacraments of the church. When you die, you have no mortal sins on your soul. When you die, you have the priest there to give you your last rites. When you die, the Blessed Mother is there at your side. And your soul is prepared for heaven, which is two places, purgatory or heaven. Okay, it's the same thing, but there are levels. Purgatory is a different level. Because why? Purgatory is like this. You have to, your soul has to be pure in order to stand before God. That's why people who try to say, well, when I die, I'm going right to heaven. Are you insane? Think about it right now. Is your soul pure enough to stand before the almighty God who cannot have anything impure before him? That's why there's purgatory. Okay. All right. So please try to understand prayer is the way without prayer. You cannot develop a connection with God. He, he it's harder for him to speak to you. It's harder for you to get close to him. And this is why St. Thomas Aquinas says that. All right. So Satan will enter and cause much disruption in your home if we don't engage in the spiritual warfare daily. This is what the rosary does. This is why it's so special, that it helps you to prepare. It changes everything about you if you just engage and you accept it, okay? Which is why we must understand the following benefits to our purpose and mission as a man. So the reference for this episode um, most of it's me, but there's a couple of things that I used, um, to help me, um, put this to you in a good way. So, uh, one is common objections to the Catholic faith. It's a little booklet that has all these objections, um, in the, about the Catholic faith that most people don't really understand about the Catholic faith. Then there's St. Teresa of Avila in the nine levels of prayer and examination of the different stages of prayer. Okay. So that was an article. Um, from the good Catholic. Yeah, that was an article. Um, and then uh, another article is from the good Catholic.com is Our Lady's 15 Promises to Those Who Pray Her Rosary. All right. So, number one, my story. So, I can't give you what's happening if you don't understand what I'm talking about. Why am I 
why do I advocate praying the rosary? Because I've been praying the rosary since 2009. Okay, so how many years is that? It's a long time. Um, every single day without cease, even from the bed, I got the flu. My rosary's right there, and I pray it. I have prayed because I'm so sick, but I still pray it. Um, unless I'm passed out or something. Okay. I pray the rosary. And if I don't do any other prayer in the day, if I don't do any other prayer in the day, which of course I do, but let's just say something happens. I never go a day without praying the rosary. Okay. My wife and um, I pray the rosary for my wife and for my marriage and for my family after I attended Crescio. So Crescio is a Catholic retreat for men and women, but they don't go to, they don't go to a retreat together. One week, the men and the men go, which is about 60 men in Indianapolis is about 60 men and 30 men and 30, 30 men, and then 30 people who run the retreat. Okay. And then the women is the same way. A couple of weeks later, the women go, but that there are things that happen in our lives that take us to the next level, right? In our faith. Okay, just like going from crawling to walking, and, and the faith is the same way. You you encounter people who help you take your faith to the next level if we just listen. Okay, and we get all the noise out of our head. Um, once I attended Crescillo, it just changed my whole life. It, I didn't really understand what being a Catholic was. I was one of them guys that didn't really even go to church. I was I went through RCIA, which is the, the Christian Rite of Initiation for Catholic. That's why when you if you're a Protestant and you had and you want to become Catholic, you just can't walk into a, a Catholic church and say, hey, I'm going I'm to join. the. I'm, I want to be Catholic. The reason why is because you have to go through the do a class in um, that that for like six months that teaches you about the true faith, about the Christ church, the, the church that Christ left behind and all the saints, the angels, these doctors of the church. All of this stuff, the, the dogma, the discipline, and the doctrine of the truth of the faith. Okay. And so then on Easter, if you haven't been baptized before, like there are a lot of adults that these days have been baptized, then you're baptized. And then once you're baptized on Easter, then you come into the church in front of the your parish. Okay. It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Um, and so I never, I did that, but I didn't really, I really, man, after that, I didn't really do anything. You know, I didn't, I'm not going to lie. And then one day, one of my friend was going to this retreat, this Catholic retreat, Crescio, and he wanted to ask me to go with him. And I think he really set me up because, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, oh, I, I'll go with him. And help. But now nah, what it was, he asked me just <laughs> to get me to go because he probably knew I needed it. So once I went there, it is it just infected me so much. It taught me about prayer. It taught me about the the, the faith. It taught me about Christ. It taught me about I saw other men who were masculine that were trying to live the way God wanted us to live, and it just changed my face to the next level. Um, and so as I came out of that man, what I did, what did I do? I there was this. Um, one night I was in, uh, you know, I was in adoration. It was late at night and we were all in the, um, in the chapel and the end of the night. And I was looking on this table and there is a pamphlet called the seven daily habits of a Catholic. And that, and I did a, I did a, a podcast on that a couple of weeks ago, didn't I? Yes. I'll help you out. And 
I looked at these seven things and I was like, man, I should be doing that. Okay. Because one thing that you learn as a Catholic, if you do any, if you do any kind of thing, if you're trying to go any, you're trying to do anything to get closer to God, one thing you realize is Sunday Mass is never enough. Just getting in the car, getting up, getting in the car, and you going to, to, to church on Sunday. You walk in the church for an hour, and if you're Protestant, you'll be there for two or three. Um, and then when it's over, you walk out, and then, well, that was it. It's over, right? And then you try your best throughout the week to do what? To do what you think God wants you to do and try to live a good Christian life, right? So once I really started going to Mass, I started realizing this ain't enough, man. How am I going to stay out of mortal sin <laughs> just going to church on Sunday? <laughs> no. So the seven daily habits, I started doing them. And guess what? All these things like what is it? Going to adoration, praying the rosary, doing a morning offer, um, offering, doing examination of conscience at the end of the day, um, praying the Angelus. Um, that's like six, five. It's like two more. Um, but the thing about it is, is man, you, 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 you start to realize I need God every day to give me the grace to help me stay on track. Right. And so that's what I'm asking y'all to do. Like you, you've got, especially if you're a Protestant, because a lot of times Protestants, they, they, they go to church on Sunday and then maybe, maybe, maybe they go to mass on Wednesday, but I'm not mass. <laughs> they go to a Bible study on Wednesdays. But I'm here. I'm challenging you. And Catholic, you Catholic man, too. I'm challenging you to get yourself a prayer regimen and start the seven daily habits. I forgot what it is. I forgot what um what episodes those are. Let me see if I have them in my book. Let me see. Um, nope. Nope. Don't have it. And if I do, no, 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 I don't have it. The, the, I don't do the episodes. But if you go to my YouTube channel, Catholic Apple Radical Live, it's there. But anyway, I started doing that because, and then before you leave the retreat, Crisillo, they they sit you down. You have like a person that sits you down. One of the guys sits you down, and you go over. Well, what are you gonna do when you leave here? It's called the fourth day. Like, what are you going to, because you're there with the tree for three days and then you leave and then they sit you down. That's called your fourth day. And then they sit you down and ask, well, hey, man, what are you going to do? You came here. You got all this great knowledge of God. You started connected with God. You can, you bought it with all these men. So now what you're going to do, you're just going to go home and, and just, you know, and just kind of go back to the way you were. Cause that's what's going to happen. That's what happens if you just go to church on Sunday, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know. If you're not, if we're not doing anything to stay close to God or connect with God or to worship God, then we kind of just go back to the way we were. We kind of rationalize our actions and stuff. So that's kind of what I learned. And so they said, well, are you going to, you got to do adoration? You're going to pray a rosary? And then they, they kind of give you have like a little plan when you leave, which is really good. So once I left, the first thing I started doing was praying the rosary every day. And I have never stopped. And I'm going to tell you, man, it just changed me as a man, dude. It changed my whole character as a man because I would get, I remember I would, I would get, I had a temper because my mama has a temper. <laughs> my daddy don't have a temper, but my mama's got a temper. So I adopted that. 
So I really had to learn how to curb my temper. But once I started praying the rosary, it just that my temperament really changed. The care, my character changed. It me going closer to God through the Blessed Mother, through her son, changed, changed me. And believe it or not, the reason it's called meditative prayer is because when you are sitting there praying, you are you are you are um meditating and focusing on the life of Christ. Or if you're reading scripture, just to say you're reading scripture and you come across the Our Father. You sit there and you you're you're meditating on the Our Father. Like, what does this truly mean? And the images and what does it mean? What is God trying to say? That's why meditation is meditative prayer is so so important. You know, um, and if you start getting into meditative prayer, man, I'm telling you, it will change your spiritual life. It will change your spiritual life. Um, it changed the closer with my wife because I changed. So I didn't even really see myself change, but everybody else said I did. So I guess I have to go with what they said. Um, my relationship with my children changed. You know, I was a more of a look, do this or you're going to get a whooping. <laughs> You know, that's how I was. But then, you know, when I started praying the rosary, I started being more empathetic. I still discipline my children, but I would now I sit them down and explain why you got in trouble and how me, how me and your mother love you and how you can't be this kind of citizen in the country. And, you know, you're a boy. You just can't go out here doing be doing silly stuff. You know, I explained to my kids what they, you know, why they're in trouble and and why they've been punished. And, and, and we go, we go, we go closer and our family grew. You know, um, and of course, my relationship with God, once you get on, once you start praying meditatively, what happens is the fire, you get the knowledge of God, you start going closer to God. And then what will happen is he does what? He starts giving you more and more knowledge. This is why if you don't pray and you don't seek, you won't really have this drive to seek the knowledge of God. You'll just kind of stay where you are. And most people want to stay where they are. They want to keep masturbating. They want to keep watching pornography. They want to keep watching stupid stuff on TV. They want to keep watching sports all the time or or having going on pleasure trips and fishing and golfing and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong, that stuff is except the the the, the porn stuff. <laughs> but the pleasure stuff, don't get me wrong, that stuff is good, but it's in moderation, right? If that is interfering with our connection and our growth and our faith, then that is going to hurt us. Believe it or not, if we aren't growing in our faith, our wife sees that, our children see that, and so they just start being average like us. The way to be a great man, people think, well, I got to have all this money to be great. I got to have, um, I got to do what? Oh, I got to uh, make, make all this money. I got to have a great business. Um, I got to do, I got to have these, all these, a great, a big, big old boat. I got to have this beautiful house. Man, I cannot tell you. I'm look, I am by far not a rich man at all, but I've had nice things in my life, nice cars and nice homes, and you know how to look cash and stuff. But I, re, you know, I realize I get a brand new car. Think about it, everybody. Think about it. And all of us have had a brand new car. Most of us, even might not be a Cadillac or a Bentley or something like that, but we've all had a problem. Most of us had a new car or a one or two year old car, which is basically a new car. Look, think about it, man. After you had that car for two weeks, man, you don't even think about it no more, do you? You don't even think about it no more. You know, it's just a car. You know, 
And so that's kind of what I'm saying, man. We, we've got to understand that things happen to us, and if we don't pray and bring that all together, then we're just flowing through life, and we don't want that anymore. We don't want that anymore, okay? The respect of our wife and our children and God is where we ought to be. Get that right first, and then everything else will just kind of fall into place. And then if you have a lot of money and great cars and a lovely, a beautiful home and a great career and all of that stuff, man, that is just cake. That is just icing, right? That's just icing. That is, woo, that's really great. But you know what? No matter how much you have or don't have, the poorest person in the world or the richest man in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have challenges. And if we're not praying and, and not building a great Christian Catholic sacramental life, Dude, we we are just, it's not going to, our life is never going to be what we need to be, and we're not going to have a good death. If you don't have a good death, there's only one place you're going, hell. And we've got to start realizing that, all right? My relationship with God really changed when I started praying the rosary. It really, really did. And I just can't tell you, man. And the more I pray, and the more my prayer rhythm expanded, the more knowledge of God that I had, the more I feel closer to him, the more, and I still am nowhere near where I, I want to be, but the thirst for God is always there. And if you don't have a thirst for the creator, you got to analyze yourself and say, what, why don't I? Like something's wrong. Because God is calling us every day. We all know that. Even atheists know that. We just, they just reject it. They just reject it. And we reject it too, right? Christians, we reject God all the time because we want to do what we want to do. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to preach to you guys. Well, I'm not really not. I'm just trying to give you my experience to help you understand that you can be great too, man. You don't have to have all these things and be this great businessman. That's 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 great in that field. But does that really mean anything upon your death? Does it really? At the particular judgment, when we die and we're being judged, Christ comes down and we're getting judged right then and there. Is God going to say, Christ going to say, hey, man, you know, where's that Rolls Royce? Man, that's a nice Rolls Royce you got. Hey, man, that business you created, man, that was really great. Oh, man, that's awesome. You know, he ain't going to say that. He'll say, hey, man, where's your family? You know, why aren't, you, why aren't your wife standing back there? Why aren't your children standing back there? That is greatness, man. That is greatness, man. How many souls can you, as a man, lead to God? I'm not. You ain't got to be a preacher or a priest either. You ain't got to be some on. You know, you, it's just that the opportunities arise. We as men have to start standing up because most, a lot of us, if you are Christian and are Catholic, right, you know the way. You really do because you've been taught the way. Now whether you do the way the way you're supposed to or not. That's not the point right now. But the point is, we know the way. But what do we do? We conform to society instead of conforming to God. Like we know we're supposed to tell somebody about Christ. We know we're supposed to to um, to to introduce people to God. You don't have to sit there and like badger them in their head. But when the when the when the uh, opportunity presents itself, right? But most of us today we punk out, don't we? We punk out. Oh, but not do that at work. They're going to get mad at me. Oh, he ain't going to like me. Or he's going to think I'm a Bible thumper. So what? Dude, this is how you get respect in society. Really. 
This is how you get real respect. When you are a man of God and you walk down the street, man, people know it. They know it, man. When you walk in the room and you're a man of God, man, people know it. You know why? The reason that that we are feared, the reason that Orthodox Catholic men and Orthodox Catholic Christian men are feared so much, you know why we feared? Because we don't care about the government. We don't care about society like that. We're not attached to it. We are we are only we are only adorned or attached to one thing, and that's Jesus Christ and the Trinity. And we only answer to God, and they know that. The Satan knows that. And so I'm not saying go out there and be a Bible thumper and, and, and just get in people's face about God. But what I am saying is we all, as men especially, it starts in our home. If you can't evangelize your wife, if you can't evangelize your children, what in the hell are we doing? Oh, I can't bring up Christ because, you know, everybody's going to get all weird and stuff. and They're going to get mad at me. So what? Then They don't need to be around you then. That's how I look at it. Because I, I don't I don't have people in my life I can't talk to God about. And I'm not saying sitting there and have these, you know, sitting there and, and like we're talking about, you need to go to church, man. You need to do this. No, I'm talking about like having a theology, a theological discussion about the world, the, the universe, God, Jesus Christ, the angels, the saints, hell. The, 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 you know, if I can't sit there, if we can't have a discussion about theology in some kind of level, because that is the world. That's really the universe, man. That's really the universe, man. But you know what? People, they'll sit there talk about stuff that don't mean nothing all day long, about football and, and, and pleasure stuff and what they want to talk about and their job. And I'm, that stuff is okay, but man, when we gonna get we, we, when we gonna talk about something that means something? Like how did the universe get here? Like what are we supposed to be doing as men? What's our purpose? If you got little boys and they don't know their purpose, what they're supposed to be doing, man, are you are you doing right as a father? What are we doing? You know, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, man, is try our best to understand that we are here for a reason. And, and we know as Christians what we're supposed to be doing. Now, whether we punk out and wuss out and don't do it or not, that's, you know, that's whatever. But I'm telling you, man, I don't have people in my life that I can't talk to God about. Or every time we talk about God, we, you know, they start getting mad and arguing, fighting, want to fight and stuff. No, I don't talk to crazy people like that, man. I don't want them around me. I want to talk to people, man, who are intellectual, man. They have, they're, they're trying to do something with their life and their spiritual life. Not just their spiritual life, their family life, man, because that's what's really important. Your job's important. That's, I want to talk about that, too. I want to know about you. I want you to know about me. But in the end, when it comes down to it, we we sitting there and maybe we're watching TV, man, and, you know, a, a, a religious movie comes on. Like, what's that movie? God is real or something. It says, if we can't even sit and talk about that and have a nice discussion, have a fun discussion. Because to me, talking about God is fun. It's like fun. It's like, man, like understanding the universe and what God did and what Jesus did and why he did what he did and all that stuff. Man, that is some fun stuff, man. That's on fire stuff. So that's number one. And and I know I went a little long on that, but I don't care, man, because, man, we, to be on fire, I want you on fire for Christ like me, man. 
And it ain't just about hooping and hollering. It's about the knowledge of God, understanding the suffering of God, and all of this kind of stuff. Okay? So, number two. Number, oh. Um, so, number two. Oh, so, that's a quote. I got a quote here. So, quote. Satan realizes the quickest entry into the home, hearts, and minds of a family is to get rid of the man. Once the protector is subdued, everyone else is putty. End quote, Catholic Alpha. Okay. I've been saying that for so many years, man. Once I learned it, and I that's kind of where I'm telling you today in a nutshell, is that Satan realizes. So first of all, if you believe, if you believe in God and Jesus Christ, you gotta believe in angels, you gotta believe in demons, you gotta believe in hell, you gotta believe in purgatory, and you gotta believe in heaven. Why? Because it's all in scripture thousands of times. All that stuff is. So if the Bible is the revelation of God giving himself to us the word, then we got to believe what he says. Stop letting people tell you that there ain't no hell. Stop letting people tell you there ain't no purgatory. Stop letting people tell you there ain't no demons and angels. All that stuff's fake. No, it ain't. If God is real, then everything you read in the Bible is real. If, if there's one lie, if there's one lie in the Bible, then we're doing this all for nothing. Jesus Christ ain't God. God ain't nowhere around. It don't mean nothing. But if he is real, if Jesus Christ was real, then everything he says in the, in the scripture is real. And there is a hell, there is a purgatory, and there is a heaven. Okay? And Satan, the thing that the people forget about the, the Satan and the demons and his minions is they love God too. They know all about God. They know him better than you. They were angels. At one time, they loved God too. So they know the Bible way better than you. They know the rules. And he knows if I can get you off, if I get your mind off of God, I got you. I got you, homie. I got you. So if you, as a man, if you're not trying to be great in your home, what are you trying to do? Ask yourself, what are you trying to do? Because Christ knows, I mean, uh, Satan knows if I can get rid of you, the protector, the defender, Everybody else in the house don't even mean nothing. They ain't easy. They ain't easy. And once I learned that, dude, I'm on it. I don't play. That's why I pray every day. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go into that here now. So number two, your number one battle weapon as a man is the rosary. Each day you must pick up your weapon to protect your home, your marriage, your wife, your children, and yourself. Remember, prayer is suffering. And sacrifice. This is how you give your life away as a man daily for your marriage and family. How do you give your life away every day how, as a man? How do you do that? How do you sacrifice for your wife? How do you sacrifice for your children? How do you do that? Guys think, oh, yeah, man, I just go to work. 
uh, I bring home the money, get a check to my wife, and then I go off and do what I want to do. And then whatever happens, happens. Right? Um, uh, whatever happens, happens. But you got to ask yourself, is that enough? Is that enough for your wife? Is that enough for your kids? Is that enough for God? So how do you give your life away every day? Through your time. Through your time. You know, there's this big thing today that fathers over the last 20 years, 30 years, you know, well, they were absentee. They were running around. They all they did was work and stuff. And they they loved their families, but all they did was work and stuff. Now this big movement to where, you know, we're going to take the kids all to tell all this stuff. We're going to take the kids to to dance class, to football practice, to 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 basketball. We're going to do to dancing and all this kind of stuff, you know, and. The kids are just to chess to the chess match to to whatever you guys do with your kids. Like that's that's the thing. The daddy's around. Oh, your father's wrong. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it is. That's good. I mean, that's a good thing. But anybody can get in a car and take somebody somewhere. And that's hard too for a lot of people. Why a lot of dudes? Why? Because we'd rather be doing something else, maybe sometime, like where we got a job. And so that's one way you give your life away as a man. But there are people that take their kids to all this stuff and they don't pray one Hail Mary. They don't pray one Our Father. They don't get on their knees for nothing about God. They don't go to church. They don't do nothing. They don't really protect their family. They don't really protect their home. They don't give, they're not giving their life away. They're not sacrificing like Christ did. They're not doing that. Because the way you give your life away is you get on your knees and you pray for your wife and your children and your family and to protect them, not just to say words, to protect them, to get in front of Satan and say, look, man, you got to go through me before you get to my family. Okay. Because how often is a terrorist going to break in your house or a robber going to break in your house? Everybody in the house sleep. They pick you up off the floor, off the bed, and put a knife to your uh, to your throat. And then they pick your, they grab your wife about the bed, and put a gun to her head, and they say, "Okay, choose your wife or choose yourself." Now you would hope that you have the grace to say, "Man, don't kill my wife, man, kill me." Right? Then they kill you. Okay, you you're this great martyr. You su- you sacrifice for God and your in, 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 in suffering of your wife. Right? But how often is that gonna happen? How how is, is that going to happen any time in your life? So one of the things that got me to realizing it is the way I give myself to my wife and my children every day is through spiritual warfare, through protecting them, through giving my time, through prayer, suffering, and sacrifice. Okay, number three, the gateway to spiritual warfare. Your rosary prayers, along with confession, are the gateway to spiritual warfare, and to the marriage and family you need. You must attack with reckless abandonment and be consistent. Remember, as the man, your mission is to protect, defend, and serve. The rosary is the gateway to spiritual warfare. It is. Because if when it's changing you, it's changing your family, it's changing your family dynamic in your marriage, and also it's keeping, it's a protection in spiritual warfare, to help you as a man defend your home and to keep Satan and evil away. Okay. Number four, the rosary will protect your children. 
Okay. Four and five go together. So try to stay with me. So number four, the rosary will protect your children. So what do I mean by that? So as a man, your, your, um, your job is to protect, defend, and serve. Okay. When, um, so protection is easy for men, right? If a dude breaks in my house or a dude attacks my wife or, you know, does something to my kids, you know, I can protect them. I'm right there. But how you protect them when you ain't there? Like, how do you protect your wife? I mean, your, sorry, your kids, when, when your kids, when you're not there, what happens? When you're not there, what happens? This was a revelation to me. It has never let me down in, in all these years. You can't be in every place at all the time. How can you protect your children 24-7? For this reason, you need the Holy Spirit. And when you pray the rosary for your children, the Holy Spirit assists you in protecting them from physical harm, from making bad decisions, and helping, helping them to do things as you would have them do. This is why when you are a stone-cold Catholic Christian dude, dude, when you stone-cold like that and you teach your kids what's happening and you have the Holy Spirit around them, because when you at work, you can't protect them, can you? Of course you can't. So how do you protect them from physical harm? How do you keep them from making bad decisions? How do you keep them from, how do you want them to do, You want, how do you get them to do the things that you would have them do if you were around? That is where your suffering and sacrifice through the prayer, through the rosary does. It, 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 the Holy Spirit goes out and protects your children while you're not around. You're asking the Holy Spirit to please protect my children through the rosary, through the Blessed Mother, through Jesus Christ. You're asking the Holy Spirit to please protect my children. Please, God, have them make the proper decisions. Please have them be mannerful and respectful. Don't have them make bad decisions while I'm around, like doing drugs and all this kind of stuff. Believe it or not, man, it is a powerful, powerful weapon in your fight to protect your children. Okay? So, number five is the rosary will protect your beloved. Okay? Boom. Now, how does that happen? Pray the rosary for your wife in marriage every day. Same benefits as above. You can't be there to protect your wife 24-7. Like right now, my wife at work. <laughs> I mean, you know. So how can I protect her? I can't. I'm sitting here talking to you. Right? So the Holy Spirit helps repel other men when God, uh, when you guys... Uh, when you guys are together, your wife rejects other men's advances. Your wife is protected physically. Um, your wife spreads your love to your children, friends, and extended family. Okay? And that is how you, you know, it's the same thing. Like, you are praying for your wife. When you have a good marriage, you're praying for your wife to keep that marriage good, to keep that grace flowing through your marriage. And people think that me and my wife, not, not me personally, but we'll just say put in, people think that we get along, that, that we and our wife get along because we're good people. That's not true. We get along because of the grace of God. We get along because we're, we're you know, one of the things is when you get married, you get graces and you keep praying and that grace comes down and it helps you and your wife get along, do things together, 
boom. Now, once you allow things to go bad in your marriage, like you have a marriage crisis, like your marriage is bad, your wife hates you, she wants to leave, want a divorce, or you want to leave her, whatever, then now you're you're paying catch up. So you got to get into the spiritual warfare and try to get things corrected, and that takes time. Okay. All right. Uh, so that is um, we will be. So that is it. That's number five. And so that is the end of uh, I think that's going. Yeah, that's going to be the end of part two. And I know today I did a lot of things that you can expect in this. But I want you guys to understand that these are truly the the benefits, the masculine benefits of the rosary and to get you to understand how important that your spiritual warfare is to protecting your family. And it gives you, matter of fact, it motivates you to understand how important this is. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Bam. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, so we are back. We will end, as we always do, the quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Bam. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313-RADICAL. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang. <laughs>